Welcome to another episode of Little Bit of Everything. Today we talk with Santiago Cardona about aerial cable cars. So welcome back to another episode of Little Bits. It's been a little bit since we've done one of these, but it just so happened that uh, a couple weeks ago I stumbled upon uh, a little seminar given by one of the PhD students here at the Utrecht University Geoscience Department on aerial cable cars, and immediately I was enthralled, and I texted Zena instantly that we had to have him on the show. So we are so excited to have you here, Santiago, and uh, we just wanted to know a little bit about you and what got you interested in aerial cable cars and their use as a public transport option. Thank you so much for your invitation. I am very excited to be here. Uh, first of all, uh, I am from Colombia, uh, and I guess that one of the most interesting things of my country is that we have several changes in our topography. So we have cities near to the sea, for example, Cartagena, that is really warm. But we have cities in, in the mountains. For example, Bogota is at more than 2,000 meters above the sea level. Uh, and actually, we have three different mountains range that cross the country from south to north. So this leads to think about transport in a different way. We need to innovate because we have different challenges considering the cities. And of course, because we are a developing country, we have budget limitations. On the other hand, something that was really interesting for me is that Latin America and other developing countries are constantly facing uh, challenges of social exclusion. So this includes transport-related social exclusion which means that transport supply is not fulfilling the people's needs, uh, and especially people from disadvantaged areas. So we need to connect these people to the public transport and the aerial cable car is like our best solution in many cases. Not in all the cases, but in, in some cases it's interesting to use it. Okay. I mean, it, it does seem like a really creative solution to sort of an impossible problem, right? I, I imagine with maybe like some more mountainous cities uh, in richer countries, there's more people with cars or something like that. That does make it a bit more easy to deal with in a sense. But before we kind of go into the nitty gritty of cable cars, could you briefly try to explain what is an aerial cable car exactly? Because the first thing that I think of is a ski lift. Yes, you are right. Actually, the idea of aerial cable cars as a transit mode came from ski lifts or ski resorts. So an aerial cable car uses cabins to transport people through towers and stop in some stations. It's like a tram or like a bus, but instead of using cars, you use a cabin that goes through a cable. It's like a flying tram. Actually, that is one of the names that is used in, in the transport literature. But, for example, aerial tramways, that is other aerial cable car technology, are bigger than the 
idle cable cars that currently we are using it in in our cities. We have smaller cabins of between 10 and 15 uh, people inside the cabins. Okay, I mean, you mentioned that the idea sort of started from uh, ski lifts and, and this sort of idea of these like micro mobilities, right? Just trying to move us up or down a mountain. But when did we start using them as like a public transportation option? Who had this idea or, or where was it? Where did it start? This is a really interesting story because uh, the first idle cable car as a transit mode was inaugurated in 2004 in Medellin, in Colombia. That is the second largest city in, in our country. And the idea came from a politician that was in a vacation or in a holiday in Europe. So he observed these sky lifts and he, he decided that could be a good option to implement this uh, technology as a transit mode in Medellin. And the specific conditions of Medellin are that in, in the hillsides are located the, more, the most disadvantaged uh, communities in, in, in that city. So the idea comes from there. Okay, so, so it does actually come actually from a ski lift. <laughs> yes, actually comes from the ski lifts. So in the first part of the 20th century, we have like some records of aerial cable cars as a transit mode. However, with the development of other transit technologies, so the idle cable cars were used more as a touristic attractions. Uh, and most, most of the technology was developed for that. But with this idea of this politician, the, the, the use of idle cable cars, transit mode, uh, start to gain some momentum in the in, in the decision makers and among the the transport planners so it was kind of outcompeted by uh, the, the other modes of public transport at the beginning um, because you have uh, these uh, informal neighborhoods that were informal developed so mm -hmm. you have after many years a, a consolidation of the housing and the urban shape. So it's really difficult to implement transit modes with bigger capacities. So you cannot displace people to build stations or to build a new road. So uh, one of the advantage of these idle cable cars are that you only need a space for the stations and a space for the towers. So this is something that is really uh, cool for transport planners and to negotiate with the community the introduction of this uh, new mode of transport. And to answer why in the past it's better to use other transit modes is because we have a limitation in, in with, with the aerial cable cars and is the transport capacity. Yeah, so, so what I'm hearing is that the aerial cable cars kind of, in some sense, solve a pretty specific problem. Like, for one, you have to have a sort of uh, an even topology of a city for them to make sense, right? It doesn't make sense in the Netherlands necessarily to have it to the same degree. 
But I think it's really interesting that they're this product of also unplanned development um, and these sort of informal neighborhoods that just popped up and all of a sudden there aren't roads big enough that can service buses or there isn't enough space to have a metro station. And I guess my follow-up question is, uh, like, for example, when I was in La Paz in Bolivia, they were super common there as well and they, they're really beautiful, but I've never really seen them outside of, well, South America for me, but the global South. So I was wondering... Why are they so much more common in the global south? Does it have to do with that sort of informality or is it something else? Yes, one of the reasons is the informal neighborhoods or the informal developments. Uh, near to 24% of the people around the world are living in slums. Um, and the measurements of the United Nations uh, leave aside Europe and North America because they are developed countries. They don't have this kind of uh, developments. But for example, in Latin America, we have 20% of the people living in this kind of settlements. And the percentage increase in other areas like Sub-Saharan Africa, Asia, or Africa. So I guess that is because of uh, this pattern of special disadvantages that people are pushed, low-income people are pushed to, to, to the peripheries, and most of the time uh, it comes with geographic difficulties like mountains or you are near to the river and you have flooding or if you are in the mountain you have landslides. So it's a pattern that is more common in developing countries. Yeah, I mean, I mean that makes perfect sense to me. And I think, I mean, you're selling it for me. Like, I'm like, yeah, we should <laughs> put these everywhere. But I guess kind of playing off of something Zena asked you a little bit earlier, you know, are they actually a good transportation option? Because you said that they sort of have this limited capacity to them. So, you know, are they practical always? Or are there times where they're not practical? You know, is it easy to set them up? Is it really energy intensive? It's a controversial question, I guess. But I will say that it depends of the context and how you design the, the aerial cable car. The aerial cable car commonly is implemented in these disadvantaged communities. So it's not it's not only about transport. If you want to improve uh, social exclusion for these communities, you need to improve other things in the neighborhoods. For example, in the case of Medellin was more related to uh, invest in the neighborhood instead of con uh, instead to build this transit mode. So with the aerial cable car, they invest money in housing, in sidewalks, in parks, in libraries. So they made like a comprehensive project uh, around the aerial cable car. So the aerial cable car is like the, the bigger or the biggest project, but you have more around it to increase the social inclusion in in the community but if you if you see or if you review the case in Rio de Janeiro uh, it's completely different the politicians 
believe that only building this aerial cable car in a favela, the mobility and the social exclusion was, um, the, the mobility was increased and the social exclusion was reduced. But that was not the, the end of, of, of the project. So what you're saying is connecting the, the, the peripheral neighborhoods to the more center neighborhoods isn't enough to kind of solve the, the, the problems that these neighborhoods are, are having. Yes, it's not, it's not only about transport. Transport is like a variable in social exclusion, but we have more things that we need to take care health, cultural facilities, employment, these kind of things are important too. And especially in these disadvantaged communities that they believe that the government do, does not invest in them is important how you invest there. Yeah, so I, I like the, what you're saying here that it's it's part of a more holistic solution that needs to be found to help these neighborhoods But I actually wanted to backtrack to something that you mentioned in the beginning about how a lot of uh, countries in the Global South are, are operating with a different budget than they might be in Europe. So I was wondering in terms of both like energy costs and installation, how are the aerial car cable cars compared to other things? Because I mean, building a metro is a huge undertaking, right? But I imagine that getting the towers up is maybe a little bit simpler. Yeah, so the... Scholars or the transport scholar does not agree if it's cheaper than other transport modes. But at least, uh, as I mentioned before, you you don't uh, change the neighborhood dynamics, so you don't need to displace a lot of people. And considering the energy is good because you are using electric energy. In most of the places that this uh, aerial cable car works, the former transit mode was buses uh, that works with diesel or gas. So you are changing diesel and gas for electric energy. And for example, in Latin America, we have like good provision of electric energy. So that is good for the environment. One of the most important societal benefits of uh, aerial cable cars is the reduction of greenhouse uh, gases, emissions. And recently in Bogota, in the first aerial cable car called Transmicable, they measured that the, the micro uh, pollutants inside the cabins are less than when you are walking. So it's better be inside the cabin than walking in the street. Wait, so it's actually safer for you to be inside, inside, because that was actually my next question, because every time I'm on a ski lift, I kind of, I don't know, I feel like it's going to fall. <laughs> I don't, just don't trust it. But are they, are they safe? Are they safer than other transport options? Yes, considering the technological brochures of, of the manufacturers, they sell the island cable cars as the second safest transit mode in the world behind um, the airplanes. So considering this indicator, I guess that this is quietly safe. Uh, I will mention that uh, the technology is improving in terms of uh, wind stability, 
in, in storms, these kind of things that could happen, especially in the tropic. But um, I have never heard about a cabin falling down. So I guess it's safer to be in the sky than on the ground. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> considering uh, pollution, considering other things, yes. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know, I guess. I mean, so, I mean, you're, you're really selling these as like a, a pretty great option in terms of public transportation in at least these specific cases, uh, both because they're safe and they reduce greenhouse emissions. Um, so why aren't we seeing more cities in the global north adapting these if they're if they are sort of so beneficial and they do have so many uses you know why aren't we seeing them pop up in in europe i guess that you have other kind of uh cities so it's not so common to have a um a disadvantaged community located in a mountain so if you don't have like this pattern it not makes sense for me to 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 implement this transit mode because you could connect it in another way. Um, on the other hand, maybe in, in, in Europe, you have a higher motorization rate. So maybe if you are living in a mountain, you have a car and you can go, you can go down and go into the city to reach your job and these kind of things. Uh, the, que the the issue in Latin America is that in these communities they don't have options. So you need to provide, you have to provide the public transport because it's the, for most of the people it's the only option that they have. Yeah, I mean, I remember actually during your, your presentation though, you did mention an example of Amsterdam, right? Where now they're thinking about maybe installing something over over the eye it, it is it's perfectly possible if you have the budget you can build anything <laughs> i guess so for example in in europe you have some examples of aerial cable cars so you have the emirates air london line that connects the two sides of tamesis in london they build it they build it for for the 2012 olympic games but they, they say at that time that it's like a transport mode and a touristic attraction. But right now they are not uh, having like high ridership. So not so many people is using it. And actually the costs are high. So maybe I, it, that is a burden in Europe that you put this IL cable car, but the people have to pay a high fare to use it and as a touristic attraction is only five or six minutes to see all the city i guess that maybe is not so attractive in that sense so if i understand you right because of the maybe because of the the lower quantity that these aerial cable cars can uh, transport uh, they are more expensive then maybe a, a metro or a tram is, and that is the reason that uh, you don't see them in the, so much in the global north. Yes, uh, for example, in London they install it to overpass the river, and in Amsterdam that is one of the reasons to build the the cable car. And actually, um, 
other PhD candidate say me that the other reason is to let the um, chips pass through the river. So it's like they have several reasons to implement it, but um, do you have uh, passenger limitations and maybe if you cannot connect with other transport modes or if you cannot uh, go with your bike inside the cabins is not make sense for you so you decide to use yeah. other transit options so it depends a lot in the options that you have okay yeah that's actually really interesting because i then think about like in the case of i don't know like new york if you were trying to go between like brooklyn and manhattan you would probably still take the subway because it's faster and it's more consistent somehow it would it would i think still make more sense so i really like what you're saying and that there there has to be this sort of special combination of factors that really make them practical in a situation but if that's there they seem like a really fantastic solution mm-hmm. um and something that you you mentioned uh just now that i found really interesting was that we see them being used more as tourist attractions here and my question then is you know we, we see this rise of slum tourism in the global south it, it is a thing how do these cable cars in um places like Bogota affect tourism? Are they kind of being overrun? Does it does it actually get to the people that need it? This is a really interesting question because uh, idle cable cars has always a potential to attract tourists because you are in, in the sky, so you have a good view of the city. Um, and for example, in Medellin right now is one of the most visited attractions actually in Colombia I think because the community adapt to the tourist flow and they start to to create cultural facilities in the neighborhood so you can go and they have the graffiti tour so you use the cable car to reach the neighborhood and then you have like a tour inside the inside the community with the local community and the people there so they adapted in a positive way to the tourist. So, uh, for example, one of the, this is a spoiler of my research, but one of the findings is that if you think of, of an idle cable car as a transport mode, you need to be aware about the implication of tourism and you need to, to communicate effectively to the community because in that way they they can adapt to 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 this new flow of people and actually if you are expecting this uh, idle cable car to go f- to your work but you start to to have thousands of visitors your travel time are going to increase because you need to wait more time in the queue that is something that you need to discuss with the community and, and you need to be honest that this could happen and you need to you need to try to adapt. Yeah, so to effectively implement the, the, the cable car, you, you need to embed it in its context, I guess. And I think that's also something recurring on our pod- yeah, podcast is that, that this is only a good option if you consider the context well, the, the geography. Uh, <laughs> <as you make laughs> up. 
and that you also have to kind of prepare the context for the solution. Yes, that uh, that is right. We used to we used to have this um, joke in in my university in Colombia that there is not recipe to implement a transport mode, or there is not a recipe to there is not a solution for everything. So you need to adapt. You have reference, but you always have to adapt to the circumstances. Thank you.